Thank you, Jesus. Well, I forgot to say last week that um, um, Richard and I, well, I, I want to have a family conference. And um, so we'll be, we'll be um, focusing on that. I'm not exactly sure when it will be. It may be in August. But a family conference where we'll, um, they'll be teaching on marriages. They'll be teaching on raising your children. They'll be hopefully teaching on the youth. <laughs> Get them on, on track here. Anyway, so we just want to thank you, Father, for working in the midst, Father, and, and uh, setting this opportunity up, Father, arranging the schedule, arranging and causing it to happen at the right time, in Jesus' name, and we just want to give you all the praise and the glory. So please be praying about that, Pray, praying about that, please. Also, um, Big Juan, Big Juan to me, and then... I don't know how many of you met Big Big Juan. <laughs> anyway, they were here. Did you guys see him? You know, you missed him. Okay, well, um, Big Juan, uh, and the Lord's just miraculously got him from going to prison and to uh, where he was going to have to be uh, somewhere incarcerated into the halfway house. So that's been a process. Now he is not able, um, right now, he can go to Walmart, he can go different places, but he cannot come to church. And so because he is not vaccinated and he does not want to be. So we're working on that. Melissa and I have been working on that. We've been, she's been talking to a representative and then we're going to talk to the guy in charge at the, so it's, uh, at, at the halfway house. And so that's something to be in prayer about. Um, I just met Big Big Juan for the first time today, and uh, and um, and so he's he's going to be coming. And then, of course, Big Juan got a guy saved in prison when he was out there at the at the jail, and um, he wants to come to church. And so, till we can get this thing straightened around with the halfway house, I mean, he's he's going to be coming as well. And so, so Juan, his words out the door. His words said, we need a bigger church, you know, because he's, he's preaching the gospel. And I've been saying that. I really thought we were going to be full to overflowing today. And so, um, um, anyway, I, I think there's a need to continue to, to press in on that because there are people out there that are, are to become. And now, um, Big Juan isn't here. He came by this way because he told him he was going to Walmart, but he came by this way. And so uh, I am glad that he followed through with what he said. So he uh, was going to Walmart, so so they're not here. But anyway, uh, so he can go to Walmart with no vaccine, but he can't come here. So um, God's in charge of this, amen? And he's going to be here in Jesus' name. Okay, so uh, that said, I think... I don't know. It seemed like there was a few other things that I wanted to share, but um, I know there are a number of people out there that I have been working with and that I know are saying they're coming. They have not got here yet, but um, I just keep that in prayer, please, because God has told me uh, we are we are growing. And um, amen. Amen. So glad everybody's here today that's able to be here. <laughs> And it's so good to see Kaylin today. I'm so glad to see her. It's good to see her. Amen? Okay, so let's get started. I guess if there was something else, it'll have to wait till next week. 
what can we do? All right. So today, today the uh, it's on hope. Hope. It's, it's it's so important. Hope is so important in your lives. And because the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and damage our hope, he's always doing that. You know how he damages our hope? He causes us to get hurt and wounded. If we don't deal with these areas, then we're going to be dealing with sickness and disease. It's just the way it works. So it's really important. If you know you've been hurt or wounded, discouraged, any of those areas, if you're sad or, or you feel lost, any of those areas, or you, or you don't know direction, you, you, all of a sudden you don't realize where you're, where, where am I supposed to be going? What am I supposed to be doing? All those things are things that have come to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Let's look at Proverbs 13, 12. And you've heard me use this scripture verse before, but it is so true that if we don't deal with these things, we're going to be dealing with sickness and disease. Proverbs 13, 12. And um, I, I knew there was... Uh, I, mm, okay, we'll pass on that. Um, okay, dealing with sadness, discouragement, or beat down or frustrated. Maybe you're frustrated. You've been believing God for a long time for a situation to come into manifestation and something happens and you look at that instead of keeping your focus on what God has said, what God has promised, what he's shown you. Then we get frustrated because it's not coming to pass. You know, see, I, 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 that was three eyes. <laughs> I uh, realized, um, you know, this was been probably a good month ago. It was before I was gone that we were to increase, we're to grow. I think I shared that at prayer on Wednesday nights, possibly. Same with the, our country. The things that the Lord has shown me about our country, hey, they're still coming to pass. I'm not moved by what I see. And that's exactly where you have to be if you're going to stay in hope and the manifestation of any situation that you believe in God for. You, you cannot be moved by what you see. You can't. You can't be moved by how you feel at all, okay? And so so those things like that, um, well, let's read this scripture verse and then we'll go on. Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Have you, how many of you have experienced that? Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when, when it's fulfilled, Oh, man, your tree wants to have a brand new branches and a whole bunch of leaves, right? <laughs> so you can wave and praise to the Lord. I mean, no kidding. When the, when the thing you've been believing for manifests, it's, a, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. And you are full of faith. And you can tell everybody about the situation because it's going to change. It's changing and it's coming to pass. Amen? So so Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred. Hope deferred. Hope that doesn't happen. The thing you're hoping for, that when it doesn't happen or doesn't manifest, makes the heart sick. You become uh, like rubbed or worn, um, weak. You're grieving, grieving, grievous. When the hope has been dashed, disease, wounded, pain and tired. 
You're tired. I mean, those are just a few things, and there's a lot more we can say about um, sick, being sick. Amen? There's a lot more we can say. And so we have hope. Let's look at Ephesians. We have hope because we have who? Jesus. We have Jesus. We have hope. Hope is always resonant. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. But they're always resident. They're always in you. So hope is always there. But it depends on what you do with it. Depends on what you do with hope. Are you gonna, are you gonna, after you take a hit from the enemy, are you gonna go off in a corner and ball and stay there the rest of your life? Or are you gonna rise up, rise up on the inside and take charge of what God's promised you? What are you gonna do about it? Hmm? That's, that's your, that's your decision. But see, the hope is always there. Okay, so Ephesians 2.12 says, Remember that you were at that time, I'm not going to read all around it, I've got tons of scripture verses, but remember that you were at that time separate from Christ. This is before you accepted Jesus as Lord. Excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So if you don't have Jesus as Lord, you, you don't have hope. You can see that in the world. They need to have hope. I mean, the world needs hope. <laughs> the world does need hope. Um, anyway, so so it, it, if, if you've accepted Jesus Lord, then hope is resident, love and faith, of course. And um, hope is there no matter how you feel. So if, if you're going to, um, if, if there's a, the enemy takes a hit, you're going to have to pull your socks up and get back on the horse again. Amen. Get back on the horse. Um, hopelessness comes. It manifests because you are, you've taken a hit and you, you've let your hope um, die or take a back seat, I should say, rather than die. Because it's always there. If you're born again, it's always there. So hope, hope, um, you can tell when you're walking into a place of hopelessness. You can tell. You can tell you, you feel sad about a situation. You're not happy. And you're walking into a place of hopelessness. But see, and I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about because that place of hopelessness, you can't see, you can't see anything that God's getting ready to do when you're in that place. There's, when there's no hope about anything that you're believing God for, we don't have that hope. And, you know, you, you take a hit, and I'm just trying to think. I'll give you this example. You've heard this before, but I, I was believing God for um, marriage years ago. The Lord told me that I was going to be married. I was going to have a family. Well, the thing that kept showing up, I kept getting older and older <laughs> and older. And, you know, your mind wants to go, you're too old, you know, you're getting too old. Back then, 35 was pretty old to think about still having a family. Back then, you know, it was not so much anymore. But anyway, um, so, so during that, I, I learned a lot during that and spending time with the Lord and keeping my hope alive. You know what I did to keep my hope alive? Not because I was after a certain person, 
I wanted God's will. That's something I learned in that. I couldn't be chasing after a person. I had to be chasing after God's will. So God's will for my life, which he told me was marriage, became the hope. And so then the faith goes after the hope. I believe God. So I had to keep that hope alive. To keep that hope alive, I would look at, I, I buy bridal gown, uh, bridal magazines. And I look at bridal magazines to keep my, my hope alive, that that was God's promise. You know? And I would look at wedding rings to keep that hope alive. And I didn't only just do that. I had a list of scripture verses I told you a while back. And one of them was the God that gives you the desires of your heart as you delight yourself in him. And I had a list of scripture verses like that. You know, one's talking about, well, God, you said it. You're going to do it. You're faithful to do it. Scripture verses like that that I kept before me. So that's how you can do that with whatever you're believing God for. You keep those before you all the time. If you're believing God for healing, you keep a list of scripture verses before you. You spend time. You spend time. <laughs> you spend time with the Lord. Spend time with the Lord. Get in your prayer closet. And that means you can't just be watching TV and praying in the spirit. Are you going to hear from God if you're doing that? No. That means, and you're welcome to come here anytime and spend time with the Lord. Just let me know, you know, you're welcome to be here. I don't need to be here, but spend time, get alone with him and spend time with him. Find out what he's telling you to do. Find out what he's saying about healing, for example. Find out what he's saying about the situation, whatever you're believing for. Maybe it's you're believing for children. Find out what he's saying to you. That becomes your hope. That becomes your hope. And then faith goes after that. And when you know what God has told you, you're not going to be moved at all by what happens. You're not going to be moved by circumstances. That doesn't mean you don't stop parenting or you don't stop doing your confessions. But if there's a hit that comes, you're not going to be moved by it. Because God has promised it and he's faithful to bring it to pass. So... So if you've been, you know, like healing, for example, if you've been confessing scripture verses and confessing them at three times a day and you haven't seen anything change, up it to six. Up it to six. Fill your eyes and your ears with healing. Watch healing stuff. Watch, uh, listen to scripture verses on, you know, if I know I'm starting to resist a cold, my healing scriptures go on all night long, all night doesn't matter <clears throat> if I don't physically hear them. My spirit's being strengthened. And so, um, and besides that, if I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm focused on healing scriptures, not on how I feel. Well, that was good. <laughs> I'm focused on healing scriptures, not how I feel. Because we focus too much on how we feel. Okay, I'm off script now, so <laughs> here we go. We focus too much on how we feel. We need to focus on what he said in his word or what he told you in, in your prayer closet. And whatever the Spirit of God tells you will always line up with what the Word of God said. Always. Always. Now, if the Lord had told me, uh, so you're, you're to marry so-and-so, that doesn't line up with the Word of God, doesn't it? If he, t he told me I was to be married and to have a family, that lines up with the Word of God. You see the difference? Okay, so, so we need to, we need to spend time with the Lord, find out what He's saying, and that's what your hope is. 
And your hope becomes the anchor of your soul. Your hope. Now well, that's at the end of my list, Lord. Anyway, um, well, well, okay, okay, we'll go to it. Um, hope becomes the anchor of the soul. Let's see, I believe that's in uh, Hebrews 6, please. Let's go to Hebrews 6. And that's, um, that's so important, you know, that when your hope is in Jesus' return, but at the same time, okay, it's Hebrews 6.18, I believe. Yes, 6.18. Um, in order that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we may have strong encouragement, and he who have fled for refuge is laying hold of the hope set before us. Verse 19, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil. So the anchor is the the hope anchors our soul, so that our soul isn't wavering back and forth whenever whenever the enemy comes and speaks something to you in your ear to try to get you to doubt what he's promised you. Your 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 hope is your anchor, and the hope is in the hope is in the resurrection that we ha- we will have. It's in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what our hope's in, because it's 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 the word, Amen. Okay. So anyway, let's look at Hebrews. As long as we're right there, let's go back on 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 point. Uh, Hebrews eleven one. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So we've been talking about that already. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. If you don't have hope. Faith isn't going to have anything to go after. You have to have a hope. You have to have a hope. Faith can't go after it if you don't. You know, if I was going to, let's see, I had all these examples going on in my brain. Um, if, if I was going to um, run a race and the finish line was the, was the hope, I was going to get to that finish line. I'm going to run that race. I don't care if there's 10 people run out in front of me while I'm running that race. I'm going to get to the finish line. You see how that works? Hope. The finish line is the hope, and the running the race is you uh, walking out your faith after it. Amen? Okay, so let's look at, um, let's look at uh, 1 Samuel 36. Oh, I, this is something I wrote down when I was prepping Hope propels faith to go after the promise. Hope propels faith to go after the promise. See, if you don't, if you, I mean, I cannot make this clear enough. If you don't have a hope, you're not, you're not going to see a manifestation, let alone your faith has nothing to go after. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. First Samuel, first Samuel 30 is where we're going here. And this is um, this has got to do with David, First Samuel thirty, verse six. Moreover, now to give you a background, you know that they came back, uh, his army and him came back, and the, their wives and their families and all of their goods had been stolen. And verse six, moreover, David was greatly distressed because the people then spoke of stoning him. They weren't only after. Uh, the people then were so upset with what had happened, they wanted to blame somebody, so they were blaming David. Moreover, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. For all the people were embittered, each one because of his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord 
his God. David, I think King James has encouraged himself in the Lord. So how would you encourage yourself in the Lord? If you had everybody hating you and they wanted to kill you because they were blaming you for everything that was going wrong, what would you do? What? Pray. Yeah, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Find out God's plan in the situation so that you knew God's plan because, see, God is for you. He's for you. He said he'd never leave you or forsake you. He's for you. He's for us. So if you want to find out, you get before God, and God will give you the plan. He knows exactly what it is. I can't emphasize that enough. I I think that's God's heartbeat. See, God knows everything about you, each one of us individually. I know that's awesome to think. Awesome. That's amazing to think that God knows everything about you. He knows what, he knows what the, um, what you need to get rid of and he knows where you're at with whatever situation you're in. He knows all about you and he loves you. He loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die on the cross so that you can be free from everything, free from everything. And his love is for each one of us. Each one of us. Each one of us. Amen? So, um, so uh, prayer. Josh said prayer. What's another thing that we can do in the midst of uh, trying to encourage ourselves in the Lord? Speaking his co- promises. That's where I had that. Confess. Confess. You know, a lot of times we will confess in a panic. Do you think there's faith in that? <laughs> no, there isn't. There's no faith when we start confessing and pack. I hope I'm going to get this job. Is there any faith in that? No. The job, you put it in the present tense. That job is mine because he said he'd meet all my needs in Christ Jesus. Amen? I hope I have my healing tomorrow. <laughs> now, when do we have our healing? Right now we have our healing. Right now. We have every need met. Right now. We are free from fear. Right now. We are free from hurts and wounds. Right now. All of that is all of us right now. Right now. See, that's our goal. That's our goal as a believer is to walk in all the freedom that Jesus has paid the price for us. Walk in all of that. We need to walk in that. And see, he's provided everything. And God's still talking. God's still telling us, what we need to do. He's going to tell you exactly how to get out of whatever situation you've gotten yourself into. He's going to tell you how to get out of it because he loves you so much. Even though you messed up and got into it, he loves you so much. He's going to get you out of that situation. Isn't that good to know? That's good to know. That's good. To, that's why there's grace and blessing and help for everybody. Help for everybody. God wants us free. God doesn't want us living in sadness and and discouragement and hopelessness. He wants us free from that. Amen? Amen. Okay, worship is another thing we can do. We've talked about worship extensively lately, you know, about the presence of the Lord comes in and rearranges things in you, <laughs> not in the not in the church. He's not going to get people up and move them around. He's going to rearrange things on the inside of you. In the in the presence of the Lord, there is liberty. Amen. Amen. Okay. Let's look at Acts, please. To chapter two. Two. Acts chapter two. So prayer we have prayer, we have confession, we have worship. Um 
we kind of, and we might have hit on this a little bit, but chapter 2, verse 26. Oh, wait, I'm going to start with 25. For David, David says of him, he's talking about Jesus, I was always beholding the Lord in my presence. For he is my right, he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue exalted. Moreover, my flesh also will abide in hope. And you can go on and read that. But David always, he always kept before him. God would never leave him or forsake him. God was always right there with him. He's always right there with each one of us. In whatever situation we're in, he's right there making a way of escape. Amen? He's making a way out of it. Okay, Romans 8.25. Let's look at this one. Um, this is another one now. I don't know if you're writing them down, but I have uh, quite a few things that we can do in order to keep ourselves encouraged um, or our hope alive. You could say it that way, our hope alive. Romans 8.25, 24 actually. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. Do you understand that? Hope that is seen is not hope. So if you already have the manifestation, you don't need to hope for it, do you? No. So hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one also hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see with perseverance, we expectantly, I think that's King James. My New American says eagerly, but King James say expectantly. No. Oh, sorry. Okay, King James, anybody? Patience, okay. Okay, well, um, I'm not sure what translation that was, but eagerly, expectant, huh? 8.25. But with perseverance, we, we wait expectantly for it or eagerly for it or impatience for it. It's all saying the same thing. So... So we, we wait for it. Even though we can't see it, we should be waiting expectantly for that promise that God has given us. We should have an expectancy on the inside. You know, an expectancy. Anyway, I, I was just had this thought come to me about, you know, how women are pregnant and they're expecting to deliver. They're expecting to deliver. Okay, you can look at it that way. The hope is the baby, and we're expecting to deliver. Okay? Expecting to deliver. All right, so um, um, so we need to keep our, we need to keep our hope alive, because hope is always working. Um, so if you're expecting something good, then your confession is going to line up with it and you're going to get something good. If you're expecting something bad or not, or, or negative, if you're expecting something negative, like we just talked about the job, then that's what you'll get. You won't get your job. Amen? Um, so we talked about that. I hope to be healed. I hope to be healed. I mean, that's commendable, but healing is already already yours. Healing is already yours. Healing is now. Healing's now. Since you've already been given everything that pertains to life and godliness, and you were healed, all right? So let's look at Abraham. Back up a little bit to Romans 4. And, um, and, and while you're, while you're, 
get into Romans 4.18, uh, I'm going to, and you can write this down if you want to, I'm going to look at Genesis 15. I want to read this uh, to you. This is about Abraham, and um, I'm going to start with verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. Have you ever had the Lord encourage you that way? It's amazing. It's amazing. Anyway, uh, and verse 2, And Abram said, O Lord God, what wilt thou give me, since I am childless? And the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Since thou hast given no offspring to me, one born in my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir, but one who shall come forth from your own body, he shall be your heir. Verse 5, And he took him outside and said, Now look toward the heavens and count the stars, if you are able to count them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Talk about getting a picture from the Lord. He took him outside and showed him the stars. Isn't that an amazing picture that Abram, he became Abraham with another confession part, but he had he always had that picture of all those stars in front of him. That was his hope that he had. He had his heart set or fixed on that hope. All he'd have to do is go back every time to that picture that the Lord took him out and said, look at all these stars. That's the number of your descendants. You understand what I'm saying? It is amazing. So see, the Lord will give you a picture. Like I've told you different things that the Lord has given me a picture on about our country. Different things I've had pictures on about um, things I'm standing for um, family-wise. You know, so, so the Lord will give you a picture. That's because you've spent time praying. That's because you spent time in fellowship with him. And, and um, he'll give you that picture, and that's what you want to keep before you all the time. Amen? Keep that before you. So the enemy will come to steal that picture from you. He'll come and, oh, that's, those are just stars. What, what do you mean, descendants? He'll try to steal whatever picture God gives you, but you can't let him do that. Amen? Okay, so Romans 4, I said to go to Romans 4.18, and this is um, uh, the rest of Abraham, where um, basically he, um, his name was changed to Abraham. First, let's start with 13, I think. For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise is nullified. For the law brings about wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. Okay, so 4.16. For this reason it is by faith that it might be in accordance with grace in order that the promise may be certain to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Verse 17, a father of many nations have I made you. Again, that was something the Lord had told him. I've made you a father of many nations. In the sight of him whom he believed, even God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. Verse 18, and hope against hope he believed. In natural hope, in, in, in um, God hope, let's put it that way, in God hope, Against the natural hope, Abraham 
believed in order that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken. And without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his body. See, there was an opportunity there for him to grow weak in faith, to look at his body. And, you know, he was 100 years old. There was no way he was able to have a child. So, so he contemplated that, but he did not allow that to control his faith. You understand what I'm saying? He contemplated that. Now, as good as his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb on top of it. Yet, verse 20, with respect to the promise, he respected the promise that God had given him. He believed it, and he wasn't going to just throw it in the ditch or throw it in the garbage. God gave him a promise. So with respect to that promise of God, he did not waver. <coughs> he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. So in he, in in helping him not waver in unbelief, he, he gave glory to God. He praised God. Amen. And verse 20 then, yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. And then verse 21, and being fully assured that he had, that what he had promised, what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Therefore, it was also, it was reckoned to him as righteousness. So he was fully assured when you're believing God for a situation, you have to become fully assured. You have to know that you know that you know God promised it and God's going to deliver it. You have to know that you know that you know God promised it and he's going to have he's going to deliver it. He's true to his promise. Amen. But you have to know that. If you don't know that, it ain't going to happen. If you don't know it, it's not going to happen. If you don't know that God's going to deliver the promise he said he gave you, if you don't know that, you have no you have no faith. You see what I'm saying? If you don't know that, if you don't know that, if you doubt that in unbelief, and you doubt that, and you you aren't fully assured, and and uh, you're not. I say I think the reason we're not fully assured is we don't really believe the promise. It can be way out there, and if we don't believe the promise, but but don't you think that's because we don't know God? Huh? We don't know God. If we knew God, we know that what he says is true. If we knew God, we know that what he's promised is, is right. <coughs> Excuse me here. Okay, so Abraham was fully assured that what God had given him was going to be his. And we can be that. We can be at that place. That's why I, I say to you in intercession, whether it's intercession or whether you're confessing the word, whatever you're doing, that, that all, all has to, we, you do the same thing, the same principle. You stand on what God has promised you. You stand on what God has promised you. That's your hope. And then your faith goes after it and your faith can't waver. I mean, if you're going to shoot a bow and arrow, are you going to shoot your arrow over here? It has to be towards the target. Amen? It has to be towards the promise. Okay, so, um, whatever you're hoping for will come to pass. If it is based on what God has said or told you, if it's based on that, okay? Hope always sees before the natural eye can. 
you 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 see the the promise with your spiritual eye or, or you have a spiritual revelation about it you see it there first before you see it in the natural you see it there first amen amen um you know, I was reading on Hezekiah, and if you have trouble seeing the promise that God has for you, you know what Hezekiah did when he was told he only he was going to die? God, God sent the prophet to tell him, you're going to die. You know what Hezekiah did? He turned his face to the wall, and he wept. You know, turning his face to the wall, he wasn't going to listen to what the doubt and unbelief was he wasn't going to he wept he turned to god and wept he cried out to god he looked at the wall and cried out to god he turned his face from the circumstance he didn't believe what he didn't believe it he turned his face from the circumstance he didn't believe what people were saying he didn't believe that he wanted to get before god so he got before god all by himself he got before god and found out what god what God would do about it. He wept. He repented and he wept. But he spent his time with God. Not not um, running here and there and saying, woe is me and what am I going to do about this situation? He turned his face to the wall and dealt with it. Amen? He got before God. Cried out to God. Have you ever been in that kind of situation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Been in that situation where you cried out to God. And you, you you repented, you dealt with everything you knew you had done that maybe was a, was a wrong situation. I haven't been in a situation where um, God told me I was going to die. I haven't been in that. But, oh, by the way, that reminds me, you know, we prayed before I went to Tulsa. We prayed for... Um, Protection for the church. I don't, I haven't heard any other stories, but I definitely was protected. I was not too far from Joplin and it hadn't rained at all. And I, and of course it was coming into a place where it was going to rain and my, my, put my wipers on <laughs> and the, I heard them click. And the next time they came back together, they just, like they were in a car accident, they just all crumpled against each other. Then it started pouring. It started pouring. And I said, well, okay, um, let's see, what are we going to do here, Lord? And um, I happened to see this guy on a motorcycle. He pulled off the edge. I thought, well, that's not where I need to go. And I happened to be behind a semi that had his lights flashing. So I put my flashing lights on and stayed close to him until we got to a place of clearing. And um, I didn't need my didn't need my wipers. The passenger side, of course, would go like this, but um, so I was kind of driving like this, you know, best I could. But you know, I couldn't do it. I mean, the the metal was sticking out, and you didn't want to scratch the anyway. So there was no. I was too downpour to be able to see how to pull off even. So God took care of it. God took care of it. We we drove out of it before I made the turn to go on into Joplin. We, we were out of the rain. It was just the light rain then. But I, I meant to share that last week, and I forgot. But God God does deliver you out of every situation. Amen? Okay. Um, okay. And you know um, 2 Corinthians, you don't need to turn there, one uh, twenty, where all of his promises are yes. So God does keep all of his promises. Um 
Also, picture yourself with what God has promised you. See it manifested. Don't see it still sitting out there. See it manifested. Start picturing uh, what you're going to do when it manifests. Start picturing. I mean, maybe you're believing God for one of your kids. Start picturing a, a celebration or a time of of um, rejoicing. You know, I'm not saying you shouldn't rejoice before it happens, but I'm just saying get a picture of the victory in front of you. Get a picture of the victory that God is doing. Amen. Okay. Real hope stands firm. It doesn't move, and it's not distracted by circumstances. Real hope stands firm. Okay, so I think we'll just pick this up. I can tell everybody's... <laughs> so we'll pick this up uh, uh, next week, but but um, there's so much... Well, we did talk about the anchor. Real hope stands firm. Uh, doesn't look at the circumstances. Um, stay in the word. We talked about that. Meditating the word. Um, hope, uh, hope is your anchor, but meditate the word. And mo- I don't know if a lot of you know how to meditate the word or not, but what you do is you, you get it before you. You don't try to meditate the whole book. I'm not saying that or a whole chapter. Find an area where you want to meditate, where you need to be strengthened in and, and meditate the area wherever your hope if let's say you're you're believing for healing, then find a scripture verse or two or three that you can meditate on. And when you do that, you know how you know how you worry. <laughs> I'm not saying you worry, but you meditate the same way you worry. <laughs> That's what you do, except you meditate the word. You don't you worry the you, you, you don't worry, but you meditate the word. Like by Jesus stripes I am healed. By his stripes I'm healed. You say it differently, put the emphasis differently. And you just sit there and you confess, his stripes heals me. And you meditate on it that way. His stripes heal me. Whatever you need, if you need finances, he meets all my needs. All of my needs. Father, you said you meet all my needs. So I want to thank you for bringing that job in. You meet all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, for meeting every need that I have. Every need, it's already been done, Father. So you meditate, you speak the word, and you meditate, and, and he may have you do it two or three times a day or more. Or he may have you do several different scripture verses. But it's important that we meditate the word, we worship, we expect to receive it, we expect to receive the promise that he's given us. Expect to receive. I, I expect to see change in this country. I expect it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, he just gave me something new. Um, no, it wasn't Wednesday night. I was praying with somebody on the phone, and it was—I think that's when it was. It was—it's a new day, new day rising, and you could see it rising just above ground level. New day rising. To me, it's on its way, <clears throat> which we know, but it's—it's it's come. It's risen up some. New day rising. So anyway, that's—I uh, stand on that. And I stand on what God shows me. doesn't matter. He said he'd meet all my needs. Even during this time frame, he'll meet all my needs. Amen? Amen.